Today's show will feature interviews with Deb Carson of Fox Sports and two-time World Series champ with the New York Yankees, Jim Lahrens. Visit FSPN.net for all things faith, family, and sports 365 days a year. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Welcome to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. Over the next hour, you'll hear what's going on in the sports world from a Christian's perspective. Now, here's your host, Roman Gabriel III. Welcome back to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. Deb Carson from Fox Sports is here with us. NFL Network, Dan Patrick Show. I mean, it just never ends. How you, Deb? Roman, it is such a pleasure to be here with you. And and I know we talked about it a little off the air, but uh, the the format that you have to be able to tell the stories that you get to tell, you know, that you get to get from people is just fantastic. So it's really a pleasure to be with you. It is a pleasure. We enjoy it. And, of course, you, you came specially down here to see us at, at FSPN at the Super Bowl. So we're excited that you came into town and uh, that we get to be with you face-to-face. I, I do a lot of interviews, like you know, on the radio, on the phone. This is much more fun. Well, thank, I think so, too. I think it's fun. I, I love it because I'm now getting to put live people yes. and faces with just, you know, you see somebody's face on Twitter and you hear their voice. <laughs> it's like you feel like, oh, I know this person. But it's like to actually really in the flesh get to get to see you. It's really a pleasure. See, I look better on Twitter, though. That's the thing. That's nah, it's just ruined. You ruined. It's true. ruined. <laughs> All right. So tell me, you've got a great career. Uh, you've had a great career. You're in L.A. So much going on out in L.A. we got the Rams back in town. we got the uh, looks like the char- the L.A. Chargers, I, I don't want to say it, I'm saying any, I can't say it. L.A. Chargers, <laughs> the Dodgers, the Trojans, the Bruins, the Kings, the Ducks. I mean, it the just galaxy. never, yeah, the Galaxy, that's right, we got yeah. soccer going, so. What's it like covering, you know, just you got something going on all the time out there, right? I love it. I love it. Particularly with my job, I get to cover everything that's going on nationally. Obviously, we've got so much going on locally, and a lot of the national stories, as you just pointed out, especially the NFL stories, have been L.A.-centric. Yes. So uh, so it has been fun to see firsthand. Uh, and, and it'll be interesting to see what happens with the, the Raiders, too, because a lot of people in L.A. were thinking that might be a local right. L.A. story. Uh, and who knows? But... Um, um, but no, it's it's fantastic. I, I get to cover everything from the NFL and college football to, you know, what's going on with Tiger Woods to NASCAR to NBA action, and and obviously right now a lot of folks are getting prepped for the college tournaments yeah. and uh, and March Madness. But first and foremost, of course, the Super Bowl. Well, what's the recollection? Because you're out there. I have a lot of Facebook friends that are big time Los Angeles Rams fans that have been out there forever waiting for the team to come back. What has been, I mean, they haven't had a great year, but what has been the response of the Rams being back in Los Angeles? Um, I think most people are thrilled. They were thrilled when the announcement was made um, because there were a lot of people who had been original Rams fans uh, and kind of felt abandoned yeah exactly they didn't feel like they had a team and i think when the team came back they felt like ah, my childhood is back and oh i have a team again and and what i was excited about and i'm a you know full disclosure i'm a lifelong cowboys fan there you go but i at least thought you know what i've got a daughter who just turned four she's gonna have a team that if she chooses to go against family wisdom and then decides to to not be a cowboys fan she has a local team i can take her to games here without having to fly somewhere else so so it's it's been great and and a lot of folks are excited there was obviously you know when when they they gave up so much to take the top overall pick there was concern about that and then there was concern when they didn't play him 
Um, and with the situation with Jeff Fisher no longer being there, I think people are they're excited and cautiously optimistic with the new coach coming in, even though he's you know he's incredibly. Well, I was going to ask a question though. What do you what's your what's your situation when you think about why they hired such a young guy? There had to be a reason for it. I mean. Obviously, he's a good coach, but right. you know, there's a lot of coaches out there. What, what do you think the move was made to get such a young coach? Well, I, I think from what I understand, people in the organization say, I mean, he interviewed incredibly well. And if you've heard any of his interviews all about, yeah. at all, he's such a cheerleader. And I don't mean that in a negative kind of way. Positive. I mean, I mean, he really does get you feeling like, oh, okay, I'm, I kind of believe in this team again, even though you know, you still have to be skeptical about it. But he seems so focused. He's lived and breathed it his whole life. It runs in his family, you know, two generations right. back at least. Um, so so I think they thought, you know what, if we're going to make a fresh start, we're going to make a start with this person that has this pedigree and this great coaching background too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I hope it works out for them because I would love to see L.A., especially as they eventually move into that new stadium over in Inglewood. I'd love to see them have some success and excitement because right now I have to tell you, um, yeah. Between the games being at the Coliseum and the transportation situation being a little tricky, yeah. leaving the game particularly, yes. and the team underperforming, I think a lot of people are kind of sure, sure. You know, you got to win. Yeah. You got to win. I mean, when my dad was there, we won. Absolutely. I mean, they won big time. Yeah. But uh, one of the things that I can remember years ago, and you're a Cowboy fan, mm-hmm. is uh, the Rams used to play a game called the Times Charity Game. Uh, the L.A. Times sponsored, and it was always in the preseason, and the Cowboys would come in. And, you know, that was the only time you really saw them because unless you were going to play them in the playoffs because they were separate. But we had a chance to see Craig Morton play and Bob Hayes and, you know, Bob Lilly and Dan Reeves. Wow. And, you know, uh, Bob, uh, I think it was uh, Lance Rensel. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the Cowboys were a star-studded team. Oh, yeah. Um, so when they came to L.A. to play the Rams, it was a big, big deal. Yeah. Well, and it still is. I mean, they still do their um, uh, their camp out in yeah, Oxnard. Yeah, in, in Oxnard, yeah. And I'm they telling you. It used to be in Thousand Oaks it, when exactly. I was living there. Well, and, and my first, when I first moved to Los Angeles was their last year at uh-huh. Thousand Oaks because that was Troy Aikman, I think it was his rookie year. Right. And, and I had just moved there and was still doing touristy things, and my family wanted to go out there to, to see what was going on at camp. So um, there are just, I mean, there are Cowboys fans everywhere, but uh but people, the preseason game this year, I think there were as many Cowboys fans as there were Rams fans right. in the in the stands. Well, I'm with Deb Carson of Fox Sports. And, you know, Deb, one of the things that we've had some talks about, our network is about faith, family, and sports. And uh, I know you have that background. I know you have that uh, passion in life. So how, how does that work out for you, uh, you know, in the sports world and doing what you do in the broadcasting business? Well, I, I would love to be able to cover more positive stories in depth unfortunately a lot of the news ticker stuff is uh, not just the stats and everything but it it does tend to be some Mm -hmm. of the negative stuff that goes on whether it's peds or domestic violence that sort of thing so it's it's really tough um and particularly i mean what's going on with my alma mater baylor that's that's hard to cover the hardest of all i think for me personally was um the penn state situation because when that came out um I really did feel like I was working more for CNN or for a news organization. And, I mean, I just felt yuck all day. I mean, every day there was something new that came out and the details, and it was was horrific. Um, Those are the days that I 
think, what am I doing? Yeah. I, I, I want to know what's going on in the world, but what can I do to change things? I so mean, how, how do you, in, in your life, when you step away, what are some of the passions, some of the things that you do to get that back, you know, and to feel better about things? Well, I would say up until about a year and a half ago, my main passion was uh, doing things involving the youth. Like, I've always been a big advocate for the Boys and Girls Clubs. Yes. Uh, the Boys and Girls Club of Santa Monica. I've emceed and fundraised sure. for various events. Um, also, the uh, there's a Boys and Girls Club in Burbank and Greater mm-hmm. East Valley. Um, unfortunately, um, there's become a new passion in my life, and, and that's as a result of, um, you know, my, my father, out of the blue, three days after um, getting a great checkup, clean bill of health, great blood work, um, just his annual exam, three days later, he started having, like, discomfort mm-hmm. in his midsection. Um the next day, he woke up, still ha- having those symptoms, and my mom said, you know, you look a little yellow. You look a little jaundiced. Um, and then finally the next day, they you know, went to the ER because he just was res- right. in d- discomfort. Um, they presumed it was going to be a gallbladder situation because in the South, <laughs> a lot of uh, gallbladder issues come yeah. up. Um, that came up clean. Unfortunately, they found a, a, a mass on his pancreas, and it oh, turned wow. out to be pancreatic cancer, So, which... And unfortunately, nobody knows about pancreatic cancer, or a lot of people don't, unless they've been affected by it. Because you know you hear it in passing, but unfortunately, there's only a there's a single digit five year survival rate. Meaning, there's a seven percent chance if you're diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, you're going to be around in five years. Unfortunately, also what's complicating is there's not an early detection method. So by the time you have symptoms, you're almost always stage three. And unfortunately, in my dad's case, um, because it had already metastasized to the point of having a a little spot on his liver, he was diagnosed stage four. um, And we lost him five months later. So going like completely healthy, walking six Mm -hmm. to eight miles a day to gone in five months, basically. Wow. So my, I've been very, very... Um, actively involved in just trying to raise awareness, awareness. trying to wa- uh, raise funds when I can, and doing everything from the LA Cancer Challenge to um, there's an event coming up that I'm, I haven't signed up for yet, but I'm going to be involved in called the Tour de Pier, where they've just got hundreds of spin cycles uh, there on the Pacific Ocean, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and um, it's it's like a five hour. Um, you take shifts and, and they raise money, but it's it's through the Hirschberg Foundation for Pancreatic Cancer Awareness, but it's basically pancreatic.org. Um, and so, just so they're going to have to come up with something to diagnose this. Are they working exactly. on that at an earlier stage to be able to get the, the, the rate of living up right. percentage-wise? Right? In fact, that's why I've become involved with Hirschberg, because their primary function is we must find a cure. All the, mm-hmm. the like, 87% of the money raised goes directly to research grants. Um, there are a couple of things in clinical trials right now. So, yes, that's that's the main thing is just give people a fighting chance. Give them an opportunity to be diagnosed early. And believe it or not, one of the tests that's being run is basically a saliva test. Yes. It's basically like a swab right. inside your mouth. No that's invasive anything, no blood. Exactly. So got to find a cure. Um, but also just raising a- awareness right. because it un- unfortunately is going to strike a lot of people out of the blue like it did our family. Deb so. Carson's with us at Fox Sports. And I would imagine a situation like that, you got to draw upon God. Uh, absolutely. And my father was, you know, he was the the rock. I mean, my oh, mom wow. is amazing, but he was always the one who, you know, 
we're we're whenever we moved around he was department of defense so we moved a lot as a kid so he was the one uh who with my mom they would find first thing they would look for is okay what church has the strongest youth group because they wanted my brother and i to have a built-in cool. set of, of friends and then of course they would look for okay where's the best school district and can we afford anything there yeah. at all or, or you know so so that was uh, but but dad not only was um my spiritual influence went from country poor to getting his masters you know yes. very self-made and and obviously my my love of sports comes directly from him i mean my some of my earliest memories are um after church you know mom would have something in the crock pot pull it out yeah. we'd eat something quickly and then watch i'd football. sit with dad and watch the cowboys exactly there so, you go yeah well deb we're certainly gonna be praying for your family mm-hmm. I, I know my 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 wife lost her father and mother very close together which was I don't know if you ever get over you know, those kind of things. I mean, but God can help you through them. And I know that uh, you're doing some wonderful things through this that, and helping other people to be aware and helping other people to be okay. So we appreciate that. It's such a pleasure to finally get to know you, get to have you on our show. We appreciate you being on Sold Out Sports Talk. Thank you so much, Roman. It's been a great honor to be here. Deb Carson with us from Fox Sports. And Deb, how do they get hold of you? Real quick on Twitter. Uh, Deb Carson. Twitter.com slash Deb Carson. There you go. Check her out. Always something going on in L.A. When we come back, more on Sold Out. You're listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III. In this segment, Roman talks with Jim Layritz, a former catcher and two-time World Series champ with the New York Yankees. Visit FSPN.net for all things faith, family, and sports. And follow Roman on Facebook at the Roman Gabriel III fan page. Welcome back to Sold Out Sports Talk on American Family Radio. And um, I like to get into the mentality of, of, of other athletes. So we had a WBC welterweight champion in here today. Love the boxers, UFC guys. Oh, yeah. We're going to talk a little baseball now. And this is right up my alley because, man, I, this is when I probably watch baseball more than more than I do today. I just don't watch it as much. Jim Lorenz is with us, three-time, two-time Yankees World, World Series, Series champion. champion. And if you remember, if you're an Atlanta Braves fan, because we got some, several stations in the Atlanta area, uh, in Georgia, he was the one who put the knife in yeah. the Braves in 96 <laughs> with a big-time home run in the playoff series to get them to the World Series. And uh, you were also on a Padres team that lost to the Yankees. So you're 2-1 yeah. and one in the World Series, so that's cool. Oh, yeah. So tell me about, tell me about uh, why you're here at Super Bowl. Well, you know, I work for a company called Sports One Marketing, which is Warren Moon's company. And Warren, obviously, is being honored as the Houston Oilers this year for the Super Bowl. And uh, his partner in, the, in his business is a guy named David Meltzer. Used to be the CEO for Lee Steinberg's. Yeah. And uh, now him and Warren have started this company, Sports One Marketing, with a philanthropic tie to, to give back. Uh, our motto is make a lot of money, help a lot of people, have a lot of fun. Uh, and basically everything we do, like I said, has a philanthropic side. David and I are here kind of on Radio Row promoting art. We have a radio show called The Sports Blender, oh, cool. which uh, is on uh, Tuesday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific time. And it's a sports blender. He, he kind of gives the business marketing side perspective, and I give the athlete perspective. Just at certain, any topics. We well, just, those things are so intertwined today, yeah, uh, especially with technology and what's available. So I could see where that'd be very popular. Yeah. So, so that we. And you're a Saddleback guy. You're. Yes. I'm a SoCal guy. Okay. Uh, you know, I grew up in Southern California. My dad played for the Rams for 18 years. 
Um, went to Agora Hills High School out there. Went to junior college before I played football. So I love Southern California. So Saddleback obviously has a great reputation. Chris Ricks, uh, who was with us last night, uh, yep. was a, uh, friends with Kevin, Kevin over yep. there that goes to Saddleback. So uh, tell me about the story you were getting ready to tell me before we came on. I want to hear this. Yeah, you know, it's this has been for me – Saddleback. I moved to California six years ago, and, and it is because of Rick Warren, also because of a young lady that I met during that time. Uh, it was opening day 2009, Yankee Stadium. I was up there to watch the new stadium open up. She was there on some business in New York from California. Uh, we met at this restaurant called Elaine's, which is a pretty famous restaurant in New York. And she walked in and you know, knew nothing about baseball, knew nothing about me or anything else. And I kind of caught her eye and she was kind of being hassled by a few guys. And I kind of went over and said, hey, honey, our table's ready. And I walked her over to our table and just got her out of trouble. We started talking and, again, knew nothing about I said I was there for opening day. And she's like, what's opening? And I'm like, it's you know, opening day at Yankee Stadium. Uh, long story short, we started talking. I was going through I, – I was – Involved in a DUI manslaughter case for three years uh, to where I would not take a plea. I want to see it to the end. Um, and it was really, really interesting. And this is kind of where the Saddleback tie came in. When I was talking to her and telling her about what I was going through and facing 15 years in jail, custody of my children, but I had my ex-wife living in my house at the time. And she was like, all this stuff. She goes, all this stuff that you're going through, how do you seem so normal? And I said, well, I read this book called The Purpose Driven Life by this pastor named Rick Warren. And she looked at me and she said, that's the pastor of my church. She went to Saddleback. And it just... So God brought you together with was, some the right person at the right time. Exactly. And so she stayed with me from... You know, my trial didn't happen for another year and a half after that. She stayed with me through all that, was by my side You know, when I got, when I got the not, uh, not guilty verdict. Uh, and in January of 2000, this is where the start, story starts, in January 2010, I went to Saddleback for the first time. And I wanted to meet Rick. And unfortunately, it was right after Christmas, and he wasn't doing the services after Christmas. And I was really disappointed sitting in the audience going, I'm not going to get a chance to meet this guy. And on Christmas Eve that year, he had asked the congregation for a donation of $200,000 to get some programs started in the church. Wound up getting $2.4 million. So the pastor that was giving the service said, I want to bring in Rick to say thank you. Well, all of a sudden, he comes on stage. Wow. I was like, oh, I gotta, I'm going to meet this guy tonight. Well, my, she was my girlfriend at the time, now my wife. She says, Jimmy, it's not that easy. He's pretty popular. He's got security, this whole thing. Well, the guy that worked that was on the choir, a guy named Rick Munchow, was a good friend of hers that she was praying with. He had no idea who I was. I went up the stage and said, Rick, my name is Jim Lawrence. Is there any way? And he's like, Jim, I said, I used to play for the Yankees. He's like, no, no, no. You used to play for my angels. So, so I told him a little bit of the story about what I was going through. And he said, you need to come back and share that story with Rick and how the Purpose Driven Life has changed your life and brought you two together. And this, he said, this is too good not to t share with him. So he took us back. He introduced us. We spent maybe 10 minutes back there mm -hmm. at the most. And I kind of shared with him everything. I told him that the state attorney was running to become a judge. And she was was trying to doctor things yeah. and make up things that try to, to find me guilty and that I wouldn't take a plea and all these things. But I was really having a tough time. But the purpose-driven life gave me the faith and the perseverance to fight this thing. And, you know, we just shared a few moments. And he put his hand on her shoulder and my shoulder when we finished and said, I want to say a prayer for you. He said, I want to pray, pray that the jury be just and see through the smoke and mirrors of what you're saying the state is doing. And that most of all, that God gives you the strength, Jimmy, to get through yeah. and see this to the very end. Now, that was, at the time, wow, that's, it was profound. And I felt a whole warmth come over me and say, okay, he's touched me. He's given me this prayer. 
but I really didn't know what it meant until about two months. My trial went to trial in November of 2010. Mm -hmm. Two months before the trial, all of the evidence about the other driver being drunk and all the things that were going on were, was going to be thrown out of court. And my attorney said to me, Jimmy, you got to start thinking about a plea. You're facing 15 years. We can't use any of this evidence that we thought we could use because it was a slam dunk case with this evidence. You should think about this. And I looked at him and I said, listen, David, I'm sorry, I can't. I said, I have an unbetter authority that I'm supposed to see this to the end, and I'm going to go with my faith in this. And he said, you're crazy, but okay, let's do this. And, you know, it, it, you know, God was watching over me the entire time. And uh, as soon as the trial was over with, I looked at the judge and said, you know, I want to go to California. I want to try to start a relationship with this woman, but I also want to go be a part of Saddleback. Rick Munchow wrote a really beautiful letter about how I was involved at the church and how when I came out there, he was going to make sure I got involved and be a part of it. And the judge allowed me to move to, I was on a year of probation just for a first wow. time DUI. And so he let me move there. And for the last six years, we've developed this relationship. I met Kevin Sumner when I first came out and we become brothers in Christ together. And uh, it's just been, it's been an amazing thing when I look back on it now, just how much God had his hand wow. and everything that was going on. Jim Larich from the two-time World Series champion, New York Yankees and um, catcher. You know, I you know I just want you to know I played a little high school baseball. I was a okay. catcher and a pitcher. Loved it just as much as I love playing football, but right. love football more. My dad played baseball. Actually, my father was drafted out of high school by the Yankees. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, before he got drafted by the Rams. So he was a pitcher and uh, right. first baseman. So yeah, he had a little Yankee uh, thing there. So I'm happy to happy to say that. But um, it's excellent to have somebody who has a story like yours because there's so many people out there that don't have hope there's so many people out there that think that no matter what they're facing that they're facing it alone and, and what you're saying today is is that you were able to face it with god he was able to place people around you he was able to introduce you to a woman that is special in your life and that a lot of great things happen through a very difficult situation and that's kind of like romans 8 28 you know all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And uh, just a wonderful story about redemption. Right. And we all have that story, Jim. Yeah. And we that's what we're all about at this network is telling the stories of redemption, telling the stories that, hey, it doesn't matter who you are. God can change your life if you'll just release control, right? Well, and for me, one of the biggest things, when I meet people that struggle with things, and you know, a lot of people come up to me because the accident was DUI, they're like, are, are you clean? Are you sober? And I'm like, wait a minute, no, but I've, I've changed my life. I've changed the way that, that I, I approach every day. And I said, and the reason why was because of this book. And a lot of people, I turn them on to the purpose-driven life, and it really does change their ideas because it's not, it's not this pounding on you. Okay, you have to have God in your life. It's you for have, the real world. It's for the real world. It's for it's for people that. One of the things I love about Christianity today is that you're able to take their messages and put it into your life now because they're. And, and, it's called application, exactly, life application. Exactly. And I, I think our our, our society is changing the fact that many of us grew up in your and my generation where our parents took us to church. The Mine tradition. did. You know, you had a background and a foundation, something to fall back on when things didn't go well, even though you probably should have been doing it right from the start, right? Exactly, exactly. But what you're saying is today, this generation of college students, many of them have never opened the Bible. Right. Many of them have never been in a church. Yeah. So it has to be real. 
Yeah. You know, you have to use it. And I think Jesus would use technology. He would use social networking. He would not be just as he wasn't in the temple. He would be out with the people. Well, and I think the beauty of sports right now is guys like Tim Tebow have come along and Jeremy Lin that they've now been able to say embrace God's spirit. You know what? You don't like it's not going to show that you're weak. And I think for a long time in sports, it was that macho right. image that says, oh, you know, you're going to Bible study. You know, really? They're on a Sunday. Well, how about you know, today? I mean, yeah. I had linebacker for the Pittsburgh Steelers, Stephen Johnson. He'll knock your head off, but he's just, you know, he's just the sweetest guy in the world. I had, uh, uh, you know, Mikey Garcia, the, the middleweight world champion, right. undefeated 36-0 and 0 with 33 knockouts. He's loving Jesus, but he's going to love Jesus with a fist through yeah. somebody's face when they get in the ring. Yeah. What people don't understand is, is there's a mentality when you get inside the diamond, inside the gridiron, inside on a basketball court. Yeah, you, just like everybody else has a job. When you're a surgeon you get in front of the guy who needs a heart deal, you're going to be pretty intense. Yes. But when you walk out of there, you're going to be the person that you are. And I think what's great about being Christians is is that we can be the best we can be, but the difference is we're doing it for the Lord. Yes. And he well, allows us to do it. Exactly. And I think you know the athletes, like I said, that now now are, are able to embrace the Christian, you know, their Christian backgrounds and, and their religions is that it just makes it so much easier for them to say, yeah, there is a separation. There is a separation from what I do for a living and to how I live my life. And they can be different. You know, it can be a brutal sport. It can be, like you said, UFC. It could be something like that. Right. But yet, when that right, and that bell is over, he he, he he turns his life over to God and says, okay, this is this is what it's all about. And to live that life daily is the, is the most important thing. Jim Lorenz, i tell you what, two-time world champion with the New York Yankees. You never know who you're going to run into, yeah. right? <laughs> and uh, give them the website for your company. Yeah, the website for the company is sportsonemarketing.com. And uh, my Twitter handle is the real Jay Layritz, and you can always reach out to me on on that. And uh, yeah, I love to share the story. Like I said, God has been so important in my life, and what He continues to do on an everyday basis. I just I've been very blessed. Jim, appreciate you coming on Sold Out Sports Talk, and uh, we'll be keeping abreast of your story. What's the name of the book, real quick? The name of the book is called Catching Heat, which is appropriate. Catching tight. perfect for a catcher, right? <laughs> yes. All right. Well, listen. Be blessed, and uh, thanks for coming on Sold Out. No, thank you for having me. You've been listening to Sold Out Sports Talk with Roman Gabriel III on AFR Talk. Podcasts of this program are available at AFR.net. Thanks for listening, and join us again next week for Sold Out Sports Talk. Now I'm a sold-out believer.